0: This is the MLW Radio Network. Death and
1: to mankind Poisoning their brainwash
2: minds. Oh, Lord, yeah. It's time to start your day the right way with front row material. Starring ECW Legends, Jerry Lynn, and Mikey Wood. Now, let's welcome your host, Mike Freeland. Welcome in everybody. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. Hope you guys are doing well. It's been, it's been crazy, but uh, hopefully you're not getting too stir crazy and finding things to occupy your time. So we have another awesome episode lined up this week. We have a special guest, Vince Russo himself is joining us. Vince, how are you, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I am doing excellent with uh, with everything going on with. The lockdown. It seems like the podcast world really is something that's booming. Gives a lot of people something to listen to and it's fodder for great discussions. So how has things been going for you guys on the brand?
0: Nah, bro, I've I've been working nonstop. Like, you know, my wife's a teacher and and she's home now. And you know, she even said to me, you know, you're you're working your daily schedule and your daily routine like you were before this uh, virus started And, and that's the truth, man. I'm just working every day. We've got so many podcasts on the brand. Uh, I'm talking to
2: different guys, you know, every day, and just really keeping busy. Yeah, I finally got mine going here. My camera's been a little goofy. I have not looked very good um, recently, so I'm doing the the what is it the no no shave November, but I'm doing that now here in uh, in April. So, man, so a lot of things have been happening. The Dark Side of the Ring has been a, a really popular series. We had Evan Husney on here, so. What was that like being a part of that? Because that seems like it's really kind of taken off and becoming kind of a cult phenomenon amongst wrestling fans.
0: Uh, no, it was all right being a part of that. Man, those guys came out to my house. They they treated me well. Uh, they asked some really smart questions. They spent an entire day there. Um, you know, obviously, man, from where I sit, when when you um, you know, when you narrow this down to an hour. Uh, you really can't get into the nuts and the bolts of it, and there was, you know, there was a lot more that I wanted to say about it. I did get the opportunity. I did a, I did a little YouTube video where I talked for about an hour uh, on a lot of things that weren't said in the documentary. But
2: I think those guys do a good job. I can imagine how hard it is to try to get everything you want to say, like you said before, when it gets it has to get chopped down into a small segment of what's going to go into the show. Do you have a favorite episode so far that you've seen them do? Is there one that stands out that you really like? Man, I really like the way they told that story. I'll I'll be honest with you,
0: man. And I hate to say this because I don't want to sound like a dick, bro. I just at this point in my life, I don't enjoy wrestling. And the only one I watched, bro, was the brawl for all. And quite frankly, bro, the only reason I watched it was because they did an after show with me. So they they sent me the link and they're like, you know, we want you to be a part of the after show. And I was like, well, I better watch this then. But (laughs) I'll be honest, man, that that was the only episode I watched. Um, Man, I I, I hate to say this because I've been a wrestling fan since, God, 1971. There is just nothing that interests me about the wrestling business today. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Finally,
3: somebody I can relate to on here.
1: <laughs> well, I still enjoy and I, I still love it. But uh, after I watched the first season of Dark Side of the Ring. I said to Pam, I go, man, this show is depressing. And she goes, she reminds me, she goes, well, you know, it is called the Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> I go, yeah, you 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 got a point there.
2: Yeah. It's interesting because it seems like there's so many fans out there Um who seem to have their own opinion, you know what I mean? It seems like nowadays with social media, everyone's their own uh, TV show critic about what should have been done, and everyone's, everyone wants to armchair quarterback situations. But once again, and I've said this before many times, it is what it is. It happened. That's that's just life. You, you, know, you can't go back and hit the undo button on every single thing that's happened in life. So it's like, my God, if everybody you know, did that, nothing would ever progress. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you know, the, the, the thing was, you know, the thing was, um, not one person, not one person in that documentary, not one single person was concerned about injuries. Nobody, nobody brought up, Hey, you know, the guys could get hurt. They're out of their element nobody brought that up. So for all of them to sit there and say, Oh, it was a terrible idea because so many guys got hurt. What, what, what about TLC matches? Like, like Uh seriously, I I mean, seriously, you know, it's not like we weren't asking these guys to go out and, and box for 12 to 15 rounds. These were three short rounds. And like I said, I never once thought about these guys getting hurt. But like I said, nobody in that documentary did. Jim Ross didn't. Vince didn't. Cornette didn't. Not one person brought that up prior to the Brawl for All. So, so to hear about how it was such a bad idea because so many guys got hurt, I, I mean, g- give me a break, man. You know, you know— when you think of boxing, I really get torn hamstrings. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Right. I mean, exactly. Now, now listen. I, you know, to this day, guys, I don't regret that. I don't. I don't regret pitching the idea. What what I do say is, would I book that today? Would I pitch that today? I wouldn't pitch it today because of what we know about concussions. You know, what we know about CTE, what we know about head trauma today, I would definitely not want to see guys getting their clocks cleaned. But, you know, like Mikey said, you know, torn hamstrings, pulled muscles, you know, hurt shoulders. I mean, come on, guys. Like, seriously? Ultimately, when it comes down to it, Vince made the final call. He could have said, no, we're not doing that. He didn't. I'm not taking any heat off myself. I pitched the idea, but that was my job. My job was to pitch idea after idea after idea after idea at Vince. He sat there at his living room table. Me and Ed Ferrara would pitch, 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 and Vince would decide what went on his show and what didn't. It's that simple. And, you know, all those guys cutting promos on me, that's because, quite frankly, they don't have the balls to cut a promo on Vince McMahon.
2: Well, I mean, wouldn't you agree? It's just like any company or any advertisement agency who throws out pitches for products. Not all of them are going to be ones that are, are going to make the final cut. But the boss, your boss, my boss, Jerry's boss, Mikey's boss, they're the ones that have the thumbs up or the thumbs down. So to to get upset with the messenger when the person who ultimately rides a decision, whether it's a yes or a no, it should be on Vince because at the end of the day, it's his company. It's his name on it. You know, you're an employee of him. So I'm with you 100% on this. Mikey and I, we, we've talked about this, and I feel like so many people just have bitter grapes and or sour grapes, and they just want to look to find someone to be the scapegoat. And it seems like no one has the balls to call Vince out on it. So you know what? Let's pick somebody else. Let's go ahead and let's go after Russo.
0: Bro, I got to tell you, I got a direct message uh, from a a former WWE writer the other day. And and I just I don't I don't remember his name, but he went public with this. I I mean, he put this out there publicly and he DM me after the brawl. He goes, Vince, I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, just a couple of years ago, Vince wanted to do the brawl for all again with the guys from NXT, and bro, I I gotta be honest with you, I had a hard time believing that. Like, uh, you know, because again, what I'm looking at is, bro, put put the put the hamstrings aside, bro, with concussions <laughs> and with concussions, CTEs, and all that stuff, like my god bro like how could you want to do that in 2020 with the information we have 20 years later
1: well you can make the same argument about why is there still boxing then or ufc because what you're seeing is people trying to inflict as much damage as possible to the human skull right you know? i
0: agree i agree yep
1: and there's no sense in being all upset over it now the past right. the past it's done why would you get all bent out of shape over it now it's like now, when people look back at uh, you know, in the attitude era, and everyone giving each other chair shots, and everyone's all, well, they were so stupid back then. Well, no one knew, you know, there was no CTE research or nothing, you know, even before then. You know, I couldn't tell you how many times I worked, kept working with a concussion. All you said was, "Wow, I really got my bell rung," and you kept on going. No one knew. Yep. You know, same with football. Why is there still football? Well, Jerry,
2: to, to your you know yeah and Jerry to your point Mike Go Golick made the same comment many many years ago about playing football and how they didn't really look at concussions if you got your bell rung you just shook it off and and you had the other linemen help put you put your finger in the ground and get into a three-point stance so okay so if it's okay in this category but it's not okay in this cut, you got to make your mind up what is okay and what's not okay I think people like to play the it's okay here but it's not okay here and it just doesn't work you need a universal answer but you know what it doesn't it doesn't fit the narrative
1: you're not gonna please everybody because everyone's got a different flavor they like like you have so many people that think uh, that love strong style when when you're out there hitting each other and beating each other up for real well (laughs) i don't like that one me neither me neither and i'm you know uh i i tried to be uh What's the word? I tried to make it all just smoke and mirrors, and I still ended up with eight surgery so far. Wow.
3: Yep. I would tell the kids when I was done, they went to all this crazy stuff and, you know, quote unquote, strong style. And I would say, look, you don't have to hit me hard. <laughs> I said, I'll fall down. Don't worry. In fact, I'll stay there. Yeah. I'll stay there until you pick me up if need be. Don't worry. If I'll anyone, fall
1: down. If anyone stiffed me and hit me hard, I couldn't sell it right. I'd go, ow.
2: (laughs) But it's just one of those things that people like to continue to bring up. And it's Vince, does it surprise you that so many things are still brought up 20, 30 years later? Oh my God, bro. It's just, it's so old. It's like, my God, guys, I swear to
0: God, I I had a lot of jobs in my life. You know, I I, I worked for CBS, I I owned my own businesses. I mean, I, I don't know why people can't understand. When I worked in wrestling, it was a job, bro. Like, that's all it was to me. When when I was the editor of the magazine, it was a job. When I wrote WWE TV, it was a job. WCW was a job. TNA was a job. That's all it ever was to me. And I would show up to work every day, Uh, you know, and my goal was to do the best job I could possibly do. These people are paying me. I want to give them the best Vince Russo. And I, you know, I drive to be the best writer I could. But that's all it was. And to to have to defend you know, wrestling ideas like 20 years after the fact, it's like, are, are you kidding me? You know, first of all, you know, you need to understand, if I thought it was a bad idea, would right. I have put it on television? You know, that, that's why I, say, I always hear all the time, oh, bro, you take credit for the good ideas, but you don't say when the bad ideas, when your, your ideas sucked." First of all, every idea is subjective. Okay, some people may love an idea. Some people may hate an idea. Just because you hate an idea doesn't mean it was a bad idea. It means you hated the idea. But the bottom line is, you know, bro, I would not have put it on. television if I thought it was a bad idea. Were there some things that didn't work? Absolutely. And when things didn't work, bro, I, I would look at them. I would really understand why they didn't work, what what went wrong, and I would learn from that. But if you think, I mean, my guy, when you're writing two shows a, a, a week and a pay-per-view, bro, you're talking about 116 shows a year, bro. You really think 116 shows a year, every idea is going to be a good idea. Like, are you out of your freaking mind? Do you know how much content that is over the course of a year? Bro, like, you you don't imagine until it is your job to fill that blank piece of paper week in and week out. Bro, until you've done that, you don't have a clue. But you could have clunkers in anything you do, any any job.
3: Like, my, my, my job now, I have ideas to go, well, that didn't work so good. Yeah. Least next time we should do it different. Even in going over matches. I have plenty oh, yeah. of matches. I'm going to, oh, this match is going to be awesome. We're going to hit a
0: home run and it shit the bed. Yeah, you know, I mean well, same yeah, same with us guys. We, we do podcasting now all of us here. Bro, sometimes I'll do a podcast, I think it'll be great going in and when that thing is over, I'm like, "Man, that's that that was the <laughs> drizzling shits." Because you know, bro, that th- that's the thing. The people, you know, they, they like to paint this picture of me which is so it, it's so fictitious and not true. Like, I never want to admit a, I, I never want to admit a mistake, bro. How do you grow unless you make mistakes, right? Mistakes, mistakes are, and failures are yep. freaking vital. That's how we all get better. Like Mikey said, no matter what you're doing, bro, if you never made a mistake and you're batting a thousand all the time, you're never going to get better. Mistakes are vital, bro. That's why I don't have a problem making mistakes and admitting the mistakes. Now, you know what? One thing I'll say, you know, Jerry knows. You know, Jerry and I both worked for Dixie Carter. I will say this, and I love Dixie to death. I I love her as a human being and a person. But I will say this, bro, when you make the same mistake over and over and over again, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. You're going to make mistakes, bro. You're human. We're all going to make mistakes but there's a purpose for a mistake and that's to learn. learn. Yeah. And 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 Dixie Carter like I said I love her to death, but my god there were a pattern of the same mistakes over and over and over and bro I knew it was it was ultimately going to cost her because you only get so many chances. Right. That's the problem with our podcast. We're not learning from our mistakes. A year and a half of the same shit.
2: Hey, we're not canceled yet, so we must be doing something right, right? I don't know. we just
1: call Vince. Say hey, Vince.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's one thing. Whenever I do a seminar, the first thing I tell everybody is everything I'm preaching to you, I am 100% guilty of. But that's how I learned.
2: Right. Of course, man. Of course. But let me ask you all this question. Would you all agree that there's some people who, and I know the answer before I ask the question? Dave Meltzer. Have, have, <laughs> I'm trying to trick you. Ter- you're, you're te- you're ter- <laughs> you are terrible. This man is our guest. Um, wouldn't you say that how many people, their ego is so strong that no matter even if they made a mistake, they will vehemently find ways to get around it, to divert it? I'm sure, Vince, you've worked with people before that you can look at them and you can walk away after a conversation and say they themselves can't even convince themselves that that was a bad idea. But they literally will die on the hill because
0: – Bro, that that was, that was Dixie. I, I, bro, I got to tell you. I'm sitting here telling you. I heard Vince McMahon many, many times say I was wrong. I heard Vince say that. I was wrong. I made a mistake. Bro, never one time – Did I ever hear Dixie Carter admit to making a mistake? And like I said, bro, I worked for Dixie for 10 years. and, And when you're seeing these patterns just repeated over and over again, you know this is going to take you down. Like sooner or later, all this is going to catch up with you. And I think that's what happened to Dixie and that's what happened to TNA over time. Man, you've got to be able to say, yeah man, I was wrong, but I learned a very
2: valuable lesson from that. What are some of your thoughts as far as the in, the memories that you have, the enjoyable times? Cuz I know some of this stuff was was not fun. And it's never fun to be the scapegoat and the guy who gets, you know, always picked out for this didn't work out. Was there any really fun moments that you're like, "Oh my god, that was that was a lot of fun." Looking back at that, that was really cool. Man, I got it Jerry Lynn. Holy <laughs> mackerel! Oh, wow! I,
1: wasn't gonna put on. I just got I think... turned on for a second. Wait oh. a wow! That's. I was tremendous. gonna say you don't have to sell it like that. <laughs> bro,
0: I, I feel like I'm in bed with you now, bro. I don't know if I can continue this. Should I take my shirt
3: off? <laughs> Jerry should. I mean, do you need a moment alone? <laughs> oh my God, bro! Come on, Jerry. Let's let's do a little nipple. Come on.
2: Is, is it? I is anyone? Go. Oh lower, stop! Lower. Oh yeah. my God! I can't even believe he did it. Is any. Anybody noticing the uh, the gold satin pillow that's right next to Jerry? Come on oh. now. Vince, Vince, Jerry's in a new home, and he actually has a red room. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term. No. red room. He's got a red room, yes.
1: It's now Annabelle's bedroom.
2: Okay, he called it the spare room, but it was the red room. Fifty shades the of gray. The bonus
1: room. The b- you're still in uh, Tennessee, right, Jerry? Yeah, in Manchester.
0: Manchester. Good for yeah. you, man. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: You, you know what I really miss, bro, that I think – Does not exist today. And oh my God, it's to me, it's one of the biggest reasons for the downfall of wrestling. What's that? Okay. The thing I miss more than anything, bro, is working with some of the greatest talents in the history of the business, working together on the story and working together on the promos, working together. You know, guys, this is what I have. This is what I wrote. This is where I have. And like, that would be the starting point. This is right. what I want to do. This is the end game. And then getting, you know, you know, I mean, come on, Jerry, the, the Mick Foley's, yeah. you know, the rocks, the Austins, the takers. I mean, and it, it was a, it was a collaborated effort, bro. And when you finished that collaboration, it was gold. and And I, that's what I miss more than anything.
1: I always said if I was a booker, I would ask everyone, who do you enjoy working with, and if they have any ideas, because everyone looks at everything at a little different angle, you know? And mm-hmm. I think if you, if everyone collaborates together, I think you come up with the best thing. Yeah.
2: I, th- yep. I think we're looking at you from a completely different angle right now, Jerry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm having a hard time. I was
2: just about to say, Vince. I I don't know what to say, man. We have yawn and wow, he he's got the uh, Dell wilkes Patriots outfit going on in the bedroom. Wow. Look at him.
0: Look at him. How, how, look at how, look, <laughs> look how
1: look, July tank top. Come on.
0: Look how relaxed he is. Look how uh, he's got a skin like a baby's butt. <laughs> look at him, man. <laughs> look at the beautiful teeth. The beautiful teeth Jerry's got going on. Look at him, man. Yeah. I've had. a
1: yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm lucky. I have him after wrestling 24 years. Yeah, you are, man. Eight surgeries. Look at him, man.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm not moving around. That's that's the secret. It's all smoke and mirrors.
2: <laughs> Jerry could have another what? 20 years left of him if he did uh, those boneyard matches from WrestleMania. The, the the movie fight scenes. Have you seen that, uh, Vince? Have you seen the? Uh...
0: You know what? I did not watch Mania because I was not going to spend two days watching that. Uh, Everybody told me I had to see Bray and Cena and I had to see Boneyard. Finally, today, I watched Bray and Cena, but I've yet to watch the Boneyard match, but I will.
1: I didn't see it either, but I was thinking if I did a Boneyard match, that'd be the only kind I could do because then I could have a stunt double.
2: (laughs) 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 Wow. Did you did you ever think that? Well,
1: oh, don't don't skip over
3: there, Mike. So Vince, what did you think of the Bray Wyatt? Oh,
0: bro, I I, I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed, it. and I'll tell you what I enjoyed the most out of it as a writer. Those two guys really had to embrace that idea. Yep. And when I was watching them, they embraced it like they 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 were one hundred percent in. And, man, it is so refreshing to see something outside of the box in in wrestling today, something that's different. So, you know, from a writing perspective and a fan perspective, I really enjoyed it, man. I thought they did a great job. Freeland hated it.
2: I, did, I didn't know. Hold on. I didn't, <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. I yes, you I. Did. wanted to, uh, Okay, here, here's my thoughts, R- Vince. I, I did not. hate it. It took me some time to understand what exactly was being done. Maybe I'm slow. Maybe I am. I'll admit that. It just took me a little time to actually find out what was the explanation. Does that make sense? You ever watch something like a movie with your wife or your girlfriend? You go, okay, what what was that all about? And then you talk about it in the car, and then later on the night, you're like, oh, that's what they were trying to get. Yeah. When I watched it, it was this... This dichotomy of all different characters and time frames and personalities and whatnot, and maybe it was genius, maybe it was a Clockwork Orange genius. I don't know, but I it just didn't resonate with me. Once again, doesn't mean it's bad. I just didn't get it. So
0: I was really so be it. looking, guys, at the acting perspective, bro. I, I I gotta tell you, Bray Wyatt is wasting his time. Bray Wyatt needs to find a good freaking agent. Bray Wyatt should be in movies, man. You you can make a horror uh, franchise around, bro, this guy is brilliant. And the problem is in the WWE, they can't write up to him. So what Bray has to keep doing is bringing himself down to the level of the writing because they can't talk. Touch him and match him creatively. Bro, he needs to get out of there. This guy is a bona fide movie star, man.
2: Coming from a writing perspective, what do you think is the biggest deficiency with the writing? I mean, if you you were to sit down with those guys in a room and say – all right, I want you to tell me what your thoughts are, yada, yada. What do you think it is? Do you think it's lack of experience? Do you think that writing for a soap opera or whatever is just not on the same level as writing for wrestling? Where is this disconnect where they're just not conveying their story well?
0: I'll tell you exactly where it is. I I think there was a big difference in the Attitude Era, and I'll tell you why. Prior to the Attitude Era, in the history of wrestling – You had former wrestlers booking a show. That's what you had. What wrestlers do when they book a show is they look first at what's the best match. What two guys are going to give us the best match. So what they'll do is they'll book the match first and then hope to create some kind of story out of it. Okay. Bro, with writers, it's the opposite you know, with writers is it's how do these characters match up? Which two characters are going to tell the best story? So the story comes first and it, it organically leads to the match. Well, that's what Ed Ferrara and I did during our stint as writers. Bro, we were TV writers. We weren't bookers. As soon as we left, they went back to booking. What does that mean, bro? It means this. When I was writing, bro, whatever character I was writing for, I put myself in the shoes of the character. I I became Austin. I became Rock. I became Mick. All of these characters are going to act differently. In in, in the same situation, they're all going to act differently. Well, bro, when you got wrestlers booking the show, what does it become? Baby faces and heels. So heels, were, heels are this way and baby faces are this way. So when they book a Bray Wyatt, he's a heel. We're going to book Bray Wyatt the same way we would book Andrade. And that's what they do. Heels get booked as heels they're not getting booked as individuals that's the problem bro with with wrestlers booking the show opposed to television writers writing for characters and writing storylines
2: do you think just like uh, a lot of wrestlers, whoever you brought into the business, you were responsible for them because it was such a protected industry early on, seventies, eighties? We heard many stories like that. Do you think they should have kept it in house like that from from day one? Meaning, people who are within it keep them in it. As far as then reaching out to Hollywood itself and bringing other people in.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, you know, you know, again, we, we we looked at it like as this is a television show. This is our script what 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 do we need for this script bro it goes right back to the brawl for all bro when you're talking about 116 shows and you don't want to regurgitate the same stories you've seen in wrestling a million times over well all of a sudden bro you throw out a brawl for all bro that's brand new programming that's going to bring in you know fans of MMA fans of boxing that's going to bring in a whole new audience to professional wrestling that's why bro like i have no problem involving actors because they're going to bring in a whole new audience bro our goal was to get as many people to watch this show as possible that was our goal you you got 2 hours on monday night you need to bring in as many Viewers as possible. The more viewers, the more eyeballs, the more money everybody is going to make. It's that simple, man.
2: What would you say was your top five Vince Russo writing moments that you're the most proud of?
0: I I, I couldn't even think of five, man, because there were so many stories. My favorite was Rock joining the, the corporation because. That was laid out months and months before, and it was really intricate, um, and it was really a smart story, and nobody saw it coming, and I really felt – I don't know if a story will ever be executed as well as that one does. A lot of work was put into that
2: from a uh, creative standpoint i mean obviously you're enjoying doing the podcasting right would you would you say this is something that you've kind of found your groove in because obviously you're you're good at it you enjoy it it provides stimulating conversation with listeners do you do you wish you would have found podcasting earlier on
0: yeah you, you know I, listen i i know jerry well okay i know jerry personally i don't know mikey that well but guys like in the business I had listen, I had a lot I'm a New Yorker, okay? New Yorkers have a problem with telling the truth, okay? <laughs> when when you when you feel a certain way, you tell someone to their face. that's that's why a lot of people, guys, when you look at guys like Bully Ray, when you look at guys like me, when you look at guys like Taz, That's why a lot of guys from the Northeast are not liked. Okay. (laughs) We tell the truth that that's how we were raised. Bro, in the wrestling business, you've got carnies, you've got con men, you've got politicians, you've got liars, you, you've got egomaniacs. There, there's so much politicking going on behind the scenes and telling the truth. Does not work. And I I could not exist with those people. I I just, I could not exist with them. It is not me. I'm not interested in power and money and title and position. I was interested in writing the best wrestling show that I could. That's all I cared about. I didn't care about the, the corner office and what my title was. I didn't give a shit. So what I love about podcasting, you know, bro, is the freedom to say whatever I want to say, bro, you want to black me from the, uh, from the wrestling business. You can't blackball me quick enough because I'm not <laughs> one of you. That's, that's not what I'm about, man. So it, 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 it's the freedom To say what you really think and really feel. You can't do that in wrestling, bro. Because everybody's working and everybody's jockeying. And uh, I I just, as a New Yorker, bro,
2: that just wasn't for me, man. Mikey, um, you guys obviously did a lot of stuff with NYWC. And have you ever got a chance to work with any guys from NYWC, Vince? I don't think so, but... I don't I don't know, but I don't believe so. Okay.
3: The only one that my trade is here to work with, he would have worked with Jay Leithville and yeah, Red with- and Red, maybe. I don't know if Red was still there. Yeah, he,
0: I work with Red. Yes, I did. I worked with both those guys, yes.
3: And Tony Tony Neese nice was there for a little bit.
2: I don't know if you were still there either. I don't think
0: one. I work with Tony, no.
2: Yeah. So, obviously, we've heard over the years just different weird moments, Vince quirks. you have any, any funny stories about what it was like trying to work with him? Just, just a moment where you're like, oh, my God. Vince? Yeah. Oh, God, bro. He's such a weird dude. Like, he's <laughs> like... <laughs> Everything I hear, it seems very – you almost shake your head like – no, somebody's making that up. That that's not bro, real. But bro, the
0: whole the whole thing with me was and that's why like everything that I'm seeing now with the virus like is so I know this stuff so firsthand because bro, I'll never forget, man. Bro, when you worked for Vince, you you ne- you bro, you never called in sick. Like you, you didn't even, the thought didn't even cross your mind. And I remember, bro, we were on the road and I was the sickest I ever was in my life. Bro, I'm not kidding you. I should have been in a hospital. I probably had pneumonia. Wow. But bro, you don't even think about missing a TV. And I'll never forget, bro, it was the Saturday night before a pay-per-view. Vince is at the head of the table. Bro, I am immediately to his left. When I'm telling you I have an overcoat on, my teeth are shattering. back Like like that, bro. I'm sweating. I literally have tissues stuffed up my nose (laughs) because my nose won't stop running. Bro, my, my fever was no doubt probably 100 101 okay and i'm 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 trying to do this meeting we got a pay-per-view the next day and i'll never forget bro he turns to me and this is like an hour in and he looks at me and he says to me what's what's wrong with you with with this disgusted look <laughs> <laughs> and bro, I looked at him. Wow. Doubly disgusted. And I looked at him and I like squinted my eyes. And, and, and this is where the New Yorker and me came out. And I just said to him, I said, Vince, I'm sick. And bro, without missing a beat, dead as a heart attack. He looked at me and he said, there is no sick. Wow. So when I see this shit with Corona wow. and, you know, bro, these poor men and women having to go to an empty arena, having to get on airplanes, stay in hotel rooms, rent cars. I know because in Vince's mind, this is not a real thing. There, there is no sick with Vince. And, bro, I'm telling you right now, those men and women that have the balls to tell Vince, bro, I'm not coming. Like, I'm not going. I got a family I need to take care of. I'm worried about my family. I'm not getting on a plane. Bro, if you don't believe there aren't going to be ramifications to those people when the smoke clears and everything gets back to normal, if you don't think Vince isn't going to punish them, but bro, that
1: he's a lunatic
0: well, he, he 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 he's out of his freaking mind.
1: he's got to be if he expects you to show up at work sick, but don't you dare cough or sneeze in that meeting yeah, exactly you know, what what exactly. Sense does that make exactly
2: do you often feel like he can be compared to like a Howard Hughes meeting in some ways extremely creative, but extremely on the flip side, very eccentric and very just introverted in some ways meaning the world itself happens around him yet he does not necessarily interact with the world because a lot of people have said that the world of WWE is a bubble Vince you've been in that bubble
0: the wrestling bubble it's the wrestling bubble I've been saying that I bro I, I think I you coined that God, phrase I I did coin the phrase cuz I was in the business one week and I, and I saw this wrestling bubble. <laughs> like the wrestling bubble exists, bro. Trust me, it exists. This is a part of the bubble, bro. This is part of it. I mean, my god, you know Bruce Pritchard, you know, bro, this guy has had two heart attacks during this coronavirus. He's at Vince's beck and call on the road. It's like, bro, are you out of your freaking mind? Like catering to Vince McMahon is more important than life and death? Are you nuts?
2: Jim Jones, man, Jim Jones. Drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, holy cow. It's uh it's it's hard to fathom, but once again, you have to be on the inside to understand what that's like. You know what I mean? For for people who are not, it is very, very difficult.
0: You ever see him stress out? very 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 rarely and I and, and I'm telling you bro it would have to be like extraordinary circumstances like you know I could see a different Vince like when Owen passed away but it literally had to be like times like that there is a Vince McMahon facade bro Vince Vince gets off. Of, uh, of putting the fear of God in people. Vince gets off of, of people being afraid of him. He he loves that shit. He gets off on that shit. I, I mean, bro, like, I guys, it, you know, it, it's like you said, unless you're there. I can't tell you how many times I was on Vince, uh, on an elevator with Vince. And, bro, employees would step into that elevator and turn white. Yeah. just scared to death to ride an elevator with and he loved that. He loved the facade of just being this powerful whatever he thought he he was. But man, bro, the 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 ego was just you you have to be around it to really believe it. I, I was got- I was
3: recording for the for the network at one point. And you know they come in they air they airbrush your face and all that shit. Instead of talking, I was done, and they said, "Vince is on his way in," and they were fucking panicking. Yeah. And all he was gonna do was record stuff, sit down for like the network, whatever they're doing. It's just like you know, just here, here's a seat, Vince, and we're gonna ask you questions. And you just answer them. But they were fucking panicking. Yep. Yeah. So he walks in and he looks at me and goes, "What happened to your hair, pal?" And I said, "Ah, I'm sort of dying at red stress." Stress. There's no such thing as stress.
1: <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. And I'm like, all right, very good. But it seems like he likes all of his employees to be stressed or under stress. Because oh, no geez, doubt. They love, it seems like they love to have the atmosphere there where everyone's walking on eggshells. And
0: not only that, Jerry, everybody's walking on eggshells. Uh, everybody, you know, in the back of their mind, today could be my last day, and what he loves more than anything is pitting people against each other. He gets off
2: on that huge. Would you say that his kids are, they pick up traits from their father, or do you feel like in some ways it would be better off if they were the ones in charge, or would you say, "Eh, I think that apple doesn't fall too far from the tree?
0: Nah, bro, I gotta tell you, there's Vincent, and Stephanie, and there's Shane and Linda. Bro, you would not even know they were the same family. And you know, I would put my my eggs in the Vince and Linda, I mean, the Shane and Linda basket any day of the week. Guys, do you know I left the WWE because, you know, I needed a break. And Vince McMahon looked me in the eye and said to me, Vince, I don't know what your problem is. You make enough money now. Go and hire a nanny to watch your kids. And, bro, that was my F you moment. There was no going back. F you, bro. You just said the wrong thing to me, and we are done. Now, bro, the funny thing is I had a very close relationship with Shane, right? And um, literally... My next, you know, I hadn't talked to Shane till 2002. But then, bro, I talked to Shane, again, maybe a couple of years ago, 2018. And I said, Shane, let me ask you a question. I said, you have no idea why I left, do you? And he goes, well, Vince, he goes, my father told me that you left to go to WCW because they offered you more money. And I said, Shane, that is absolute bullshit. Your old man is lying to you. And I told Shane the story about what he told me about my kids. Shane said to me, he was quiet for a while. And he goes, Vince, that doesn't surprise me. He treats my kids that way. Wow. Exactly. And I was like, holy shit. Bro, Linda... And and Shane are real good-hearted people. Vince and Stephanie are not.
3: The first time I met Shane, he was very hey, Mikey, how you doing? He seemed actually, you know, want to engage in a conversation. And the first time I met Stephanie, she looked to be like who farted? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, <bro. laughs> Like okay, absolutely. I'm gonna walk away now.
2: Yeah.
1: Well,
3: did you? <laughs> well, I was I was standing with Paulie, so that probably didn't help.
2: Oh, <laughs> you mentioned before Vince, how you're very outspoken and you, you do want to share your experiences and you know, you like the podcasting format cause it gives you a platform to talk about this. Do you feel like there's a lot of people, even when they get away from the, the bubble that is WWE, they still have this WWE has a grip on them. It's almost as if like, um, oh, I forget what they call that syndrome is when someone like, uh, takes you hostage or whatever. And all of a sudden they still won't say anything out of fear do you still find that exhibit with a lot of people? They're like, oh crap, I'm gone, but uh oh. That is
0: the reason I stopped interviewing people. Because I would bring the wrestlers on the show, and it was the bullshit, you know, the company oh, line. line. Because oh, you, you got, you, Jerry, you guys know, bro, they're waiting for that call for that one last run.
1: Exactly.
0: They they exactly, got yeah. that one last run. Yep. And bro, I that that's why I stopped doing interviews with wrestler. Bro, if, if you're not gonna be real with me, don't waste my freaking time. Don't don't give me the company line. Because bro, come on, I, I was in the business a long time. I know you're full of shit. I, I know you don't want to say anything because you know that that last call is coming, bro. The, it, it's a brainwashing. It, it literally it is a level of brainwashing. It really is.
2: Yeah. Wow. So now that we've got you all worked up about, about Vince and everything, let me let's let's kind of switch back here to the life of Vince Russo. Dave Meltzer. You are terrible, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Grow some well, hair, Whitacre. Can I wreck. tell
0: you something? Uh, we talk, let's talk about Dave Meltzer for a second. Or not? Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vince. Bro, no, you don't no, 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 I'm just guys, joking. Guys, th- th- somebody said to me, Vince, Meltzer actually put you over in, in his in, in his brawl to all, brawl for all show, and he said that the heat shouldn't go to Vince Russo; it should go to Vince McMahon, and and they sent me the podcast. Okay.
1: Well, there shouldn't so, even be any heat anymore. It's it's way in the past. Right. But, but here's what happened, Jerry.
0: So I'm listening to the podcast. And, bro, Dave Meltzer is just talking about the brawl for all with information from his sources that is just not true. It's not true, bro. There were three guys who were creative at the time. Me, Ed Ferrara, and Vince McMahon, Period. So Meltzer's talking about his sources, and the sources said this, and it was all not true.
1: Not so, in wrestling.
0: <laughs> yeah, so guys, I, I sent Meltzer two personal emails, and I said, Dave, what you said on your show is not true. I would like to come on your show and set the record straight. I will be cordial, I will be respectful, But the other side needs Mm -hmm. to be heard to two separate email addresses. Then I went online public with it because I know how these guys work. Three months from now, it'll be, well, Vince never sent me an email. I I know how these guys work. So I publicly said, Dave, I sent you two emails. The information you have is wrong. I want to come on your show and discuss it, bro. He was on social media all weekend long and has completely ignored my emails. He didn't even say, Vince, no thanks. No, nothing. So here is a guy stating a story like it's factual based on his sources. A guy that was there saying is saying, bro, you're wrong. I want to come on your show and explain it to you, and you're going to ignore me? And then, bro, you're going to have the audacity to label yourself a journalist? What, what, what journalist
1: does that? What journalist? Most of them nowadays, it seems. <laughs>
0: That's true. You're going to kill the narrative. It's unreal to me, bro. It is unfreaking believable. I would never be challenged by anybody. I don't care who it is, anybody, and have them say, okay, Vince, I want to come on your podcast. You come on. I would never, ever say no. Never. And I'm, I'm like, bro, are you f- shitting me? So or le- what? let me,
2: in that same breath, let's go ahead and let's kind of ask you this. So, is there. Or is this all just, you know, bullshit? Are there any people who leak things to the websites and whatnot to spark interest? Paul
0: Heyman. Bro, Paul, Paul Heyman does. Heyman. Oh. <laughs> I, I, no, no, nobody will say that. Yeah. I will tell I you. I said it. W- without a I was told by one of the dirt sheets, you know, a, a person I really trusted, Paul Heyman was a source. Without a shadow of a doubt, bro, do you guys know, you know, Jerry and and Mikey, bro, this shit is getting leaked in the inner circle. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a real easy cure to that, bro. Real simple, bro. When these guys walk into a television taping, you know, the Heymans, the Pritchards, the Michael Hayes, all these people, bro, real simple. Have a light detector test set up. Bring them in, one by freaking one. Bring them in. I can't believe Vince doesn't do that.
1: What you will, me bro, up?
0: you will put an end to who the Stooges are real quick, bro.
1: Yeah. At TNA, yeah, everybody. the office <laughs> kept blaming the boys for leaking stuff. Well, the only time they kept a secret was when they brought in Kurt Angle. And it was kept a secret because they made anyone in the office sign confidentiality agreements and made them sign it. And that's the only time a secret was kept. That That's the only time something didn't get leaked out. And I thought, yeah, so it isn't the boys that are leaking all the info. It's your own office.
2: But but that brings up a good point, though. So if, if Paul is the guy doing it, I'm sure everyone and their brother knows it is Paul. Why do you think there is no repercussions to someone like Paul doing what he does?
0: Bro, I'll be honest with you. What makes Paul the Golden Goose? Well, what can make him the Golden Goose, bro, is does he have something on Vince? Does he have something on the McMahon family? Who who, who knows? Who knows, bro?
1: Paul's been around long enough. He probably knows where some bodies are buried.
0: Yeah, I mean, who knows? And, bro, I want you guys to know, on the, uh, the uh, dark side of wrestling, the two producers— you, you, you know you know what I told them when they came to my house and they interviewed me you know what I said to them What's that I said I said guys do yourself a favor if there's a season 3 whoever you have as a as a guest on your show have every one of those guys agree to get hooked up to a lie detector test I said, because, guys, you're getting lied to. You're, you're, you're dealing with a freaking world of corny car- barkers and bullshitters and workers. I said, the first thing you should say is, OK, bro, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars to do the show. But when you give when you give your side, you're going to be hooked up to a lie detector test. Re- real simple, bro. I, I'll be the first one to do it, bro. Hook me up first. I'm begging you. Because, bro, you know how many people would refuse to do that show? A ton. Nobody nobody would do that. Nobody would do that show, bro. Nobody. Nobody would do that show. Because it's all their narrative. It's all their spin. It's all their agenda.
1: That's like I always said when WWE comes out with their DVD specials on the old territories and stuff, Yep. the only people they're interviewing are people who are currently under contract. So you're getting Vince rewriting his history of that territory. You're not getting the whole true story.
0: Yep, yep.
2: I was talking to somebody earlier in in the topic of of Vince McMahon came up, and and, and not really necessarily with wrestling, but what Vince, you were talking about, the personality, the way people interact with him, the stories that have come out, very David Miscavige-like, and I was thinking about that. And it seems to be there's a lot of, as far as personality traits, there's a lot of things that are very similar between these two guys.
0: You know what it is, bro? He he, he, he is, this this is the under... This is really the underlining of Vince. And this is why I don't know why anybody would want to work for him. I, I, I just, especially now with, with a lot of, you know, a lot of the men and women are going to work and they really don't want to be. And I'm like, how, how could you, you know, how, how could you just not tell this guy to F off? You, you know what I'm saying? But guys, here's the bottom line. The talent is cattle to him bro, they're cattle. The only time he is your buddy, he is your friend, is when you're making him money. Guys, I saw single-handedly, 1944, 1994, 1995, I was there. This is when the company was at an all-time low, okay, bro? They were in the red. They were in trouble, okay? Shawn Michaels, was carrying that company on on his back, okay? All of a sudden, Austin started getting hot. Right before my very eyes, I saw Vince McMahon kick Shawn Michaels to the curb like the unwanted stepchild. And that's why Sean had so much animosity towards Vince. And that's what I try to tell these young people on the roster. You guys are killing yourself with th- this trapeze act, this, uh-huh. this acrobatic act, this circus sole. You guys aren't going to be able to walk when you're 30 years old. You're not going to be able to get out of bed You think Vince McMahon is going to give a shit? As soon as Vince McMahon is done with you, bro, whether you get hurt, whether you blow out a knee, whether you hurt your neck, whatever the case may be, as soon as he is done with you, he is on to the next guy. He doesn't care about human beings, bro. He doesn't. He doesn't care about you. If you're making money, he cares. The minute you're not, he's done with you.
1: Yeah, it's like we're a bunch of toys. When one toy is broke, bring on the new toy.
2: Well, didn't Bret Hart once make a comment that, uh, just like what you said before, you know, you're know, cattle, and when he's done with you, he takes you out back, he shoots you in the head, and he brings another steer in. It's just it's just an assembly line of, of human bodies to profit his company, and at the end of the day, like you said, if you're making him money, you're great. If you're not, guess what? Next up.
0: Yeah, and, and that, that's why with me, bro, He, he, he gave that when he said that to me it was a clear-cut decision, Are you choosing Vince's company over your family? And the answer was, hell no. Right. Just like now with people with the coronavirus. Hold on, time out. You're choosing Vince McMahon's company over your health? Like, really, bro? Like, you think Vince McMahon cares that much about you that you're literally willing to to get this virus? for vince mcmahon's company really i mean bro you gotta be the stupidest person on the face of this planet
2: two extra scoops of sugar in that kool-aid i'm telling you so when it came to your family and everything like that what was discussions a lot of times we don't we don't talk about this but mikey and i talk about it jerry and i talk about it on the show your wife you know the, the 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 silent person who you know is behind the wrestling personalities What are their sentiments? What is her sentiment about all this? Because seeing what it does to you, obviously, knowing that you care about your family, yet it's a job. You're right. You got to put money in the bank account. What's her take on this? Because I feel like sometimes the wives don't get heard as far as what their sentiments are. Bro, I kept my family
0: so guarded from the wrestling business. My wife had no idea what was going on, bro. Not, Not a clue. Nothing. I would I would tell her nothing, bro. I, I I did not want my family to be exposed to that. I did not want my family to be exposed to those types of people. Um, and, and I I really kept my family shielded from that.
3: Smart man, smart man. <laughs> I asked
2: the question to Mikey and Jerry. They both have young children, and I said, Hey, if your children watched ww programming and they said i want to be let's say mikey's children want to be wrestlers or jerry's daughter wanted to be the next charlotte flair whatever what would your thoughts be and guy i don't want to speak for both you but i think that the general consensus is go to college invest in yourself first before you you go into that am i correct in that guys
1: definitely and then even after college i don't think i'd want her to be a wrestler anyway no absolutely not
2: People
0: ask me that all the time. Vince, can you tell me how to get and, and I tell them all the time, guys, I don't want to be a dick. I can't tell you with a clear conscience, do this to get in the wrestling business, because I would strongly recommend you don't. So, you know, I, I don't want to be a dick to you, but I, I'm telling you, if I had to do it all over again, I would never I would have never gotten in the business. That's a shoot!
1: Wow, I would have, I'd, I'd do it again. But I, I tell, like I don't think I would tell my daughter, don't be a wrestler. But you know, if she wanted to be like an interviewer or something. But she's seen, uh, both my daughters have seen how it's destroyed my body, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's, I think one of the reasons. Well, my first daughter, I miss seeing her grow up half her life, and the second one, she's seen me. You know, I've come home and she'd want to play and I couldn't. I'd be so banged up. And so neither one of them like wrestling, I think, just because of what it, you know, it's anyone who's got a job where you're on the road full time, it just does not mix with a normal family life.
2: It doesn't. I want to throw this comment out to you, Vince. So it was Ryback who went ahead and made the comment, I believe it was this past weekend, and it was such a powerful statement and I don't know, remember what it was verbatim, but it was just basically, hey guys, wake up. You know, basically what you're saying right now. Wake up, and it's going to take people to put their foot down to say, no, I am not coming down here. You know, I'm not going to jeopardize myself. Do you think that... A lot of people who are in wrestling would look at him and say, oh, that's easy for you to say. You've made your money. You're on the outside, but I still have to work. Or do you think at some point in time there are strong enough personalities that will say, you know what? Let's band together. If we all take a stand, do you think that will ever happen in the, bro, in his it's kingdom? A, no. It's,
0: no. It's,
2: yeah, it's a mind control. It's a mind control,
0: bro. They convince you that you're nothing without them. They convince you you're worthless. They convince you nobody would ever hire you. You're never gonna make this kind of money again. Bro, it's a mind F. And and, and it's, it's mind control. Bro, you know how many times I said, guys, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. What would happen if five o'clock at WrestleMania, 12 o'clock the day of WrestleMania, all of the every talent on the roster walked into Vince's office and said, you know what, Vince? There isn't going to be a show tonight unless we unionize and we get A, B, C, and D. Bro, bro honestly, it's that simple. That'll it's never
1: that simple it will never happen. Never be, happen. That'll be money out of the top guy's pocket. But yeah, it yep. never happened.
2: But but wait a minute, hold on you guys. Let's think about this for a second. That's not the only place in the world to work. As we've seen, there's a lot of other places to work. A lot of great places to work and you can now with social media the advent, you can sell your own merchandise. You can have a larger cut of whatever you choose to sell whether it's pro wrestling tees or your own website for that matter. So and, and some people have even said they've made more money than working for WWE because sometimes they're on a per-night basis. So do you think anybody will, will start to say, you know what, I'd rather go ahead and take a walk and do things on my own versus working for them?
3: Well, the Revival just did it.
2: And I give them a ton of credit. But, do you, Vince, do you think more people will ever get to that point? Or do you think, unfortunately, we're flapping our gums because it's they're they're spellbound? Listen – Mikey and Jerry, please forgive me for
0: this, okay? Bro, I've said this over and over and over and over again. When I was in the business, bro, and I was working with the top guys, bro, it was all about money. Okay, you want me to put over who? Okay, how much? It was all money and business, bro. That's what it was about, money and business bro the majority of the talent today the marks are in the ring bro they want to wrestle they want to be wrestlers and they if they have a spot they don't want to jeopardize the spot jerry here's a perfect example guys i will never forget this and it was 2002 18 years ago and I really think the movement that we have what you're seeing today guys I think a lot of this started with the Division, and 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 we could get into that if you want to but I I saw the writing on the wall 15 years ago I I saw the wrestler the mentality change right before my very eyes I saw it I saw it guys I know what you're
1: talking about I saw it too
0: yeah, and- I'm going back to 2005, but I, I remember this, guys. I was working for TNA. We just started. I got a hold of the payroll, and I saw some guys were getting paid like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I said to Jerry Jarrett, Jerry, every time these guys step into the ring, it could be their last match. What, what, one miscalculation you know, bro, your, your draws. To put a $50 value on that, like, Jerry, come on. Bro, he looked at me, laughed in my face, and said, Vince, are you kidding me?
1: These guys would pay us to be on our show. And I've seen that on indies, where guys have paid to be on the show. Yep. But uh, Terry Taylor once told me, and it really opened my eyes, and it, it makes perfect sense. It doesn't matter if it's pro wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's Hollywood and TV. It doesn't matter if it's the music industry. Anyone who gets into any form of the entertainment business is looking for some sort of acceptance. And so it's to a lot of people, it's not even about the money. It's about fame, you know? Yep. And that's the people who are willing to do it for free or for nothing you know or for and pay to be on the show just so they can you know and this and i was taught that professional wrestling first and foremost is a business about making money but there's so many guys who are willing to do it just for and you know it's not even a lot of fame but that's you know i'll never forget those words that terry taylor told me though
0: Here's how I look at every professional wrestler, and guys, I hate to speak for you, Mikey and Jerry, because I am not a wrestler. But I do know this, because I've worked with thousands of them. Bro, as a wrestler, you've got a shelf life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's only so many years that you can perform. Mm-hmm. So, bro, the key is, you know, you've got a family to take care of. You've got car payments. You've got a mortgage. Bro, there is no 401k. You've got life insurance. You've got health, health insurance. The key is real simple. You want to prolong that career as long as you can so you can make as much money as you can in that time frame. Yeah. That's what you want to do, bro, because it's not going to go on forever. And guys, Mikey... Jerry, do you see the crazy shit these lunatics are doing in front of no people? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I thought I did some crazy stuff. What I did was nothing compared to what they're doing now.
0: In front of Jerry, in front of no people. Yeah. What, What are you
2: thinking? What are you thinking? What was the gentleman who no people, no TV, no money, no nothing. What's the gentleman who, um, young guy, probably in his twenties? He's a part of a tag team, almost broke his back on Raw, uh, and, and he one of the street one of the street Oh my profits. God!
0: Yeah, that's what that I'm, was
2: horrible. Yeah. I watched that and I cringed, and I'm like, Oh my God! I wonder if this this poor young dude is probably thinking, I got to do everything I can to solidify who I am, and like you said, Vince, it, it one <laughs> false move in your draws, that's it. That's why I, I wished I would have came up with Mister Sacco. I'd still be working. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Let me ask you this: outside of with the wrestling thing, I see you got uh, you got the, the baseball shirt on, and and I see the baseball banners and whatnot. Are you uh, are you hopeful that uh, America's pastime, as far as is going to be coming back?
0: Yeah, see, bro, that's that's where I just look at some of these. You know, bro, like when I use the term Mark. I, when I say mark, to me, a mark is you've crossed the line over over into obsession. Okay, bro, when you become obsessed with something, I don't care what it is, that's not healthy, okay? And I think a, there are a lot of people out there that are obsessed with, with, with this style or type of wrestling. Bro, nobody's a bigger baseball fan than me. OK, bro, I shed tears when it was supposed to be opening day. That's how sad I was. Bro, do I want the players on the field until I know they are one million percent going to be safe? Absolutely not if there is not a baseball season there isn't a baseball season i would not want to see one baseball player competing if if it if, if there was a 10% a 5% chance of it not being a safe
2: situation so do you think that uh what is the deadline of oh, april 29th or 30th and then may 1st is supposed to be I don't want to say business as usual, but things are supposed to get back to normal. Are, are we going to see that? Or do you think, unfortunately, we may see at best an abbreviated sports season for sports fans? Or do you think this is they're just going to shut it down at some point?
0: I, I, I don't think they're going to shut it down, bro. There, there's a lot of, I mean, Major League Baseball is meeting every single day trying to figure this thing out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the table. I I believe there'll be an abbreviated season. I I mean, I'm hoping that, but they're throwing a lot of things out there that might work.
1: How many games are in a regular season anyway?
0: 162.
1: Jeez, that is a lot of games. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I see your bobblehead collection back there. I mean, you have yourself one hell of a, man, I got the frame picture behind you. Shoot, you got got the little lap of luxury back there, man. Yeah, yeah, I do.
0: I the the one thing that really ripped my heart out, and, and like I said, bro, the, the, I'm going back in the late 2000s. Like, so, guys, I'm going back. You know, man, I'm going back 12, 13, 14 years ago, bro. I know when I first got in the business, um, and when I worked for the WWE, bro, there was always that level of respect. Like, guys, I can remember meeting the Valiant Brothers. I can remember meeting Ernie Ladd. I can remember meeting Chief Jay Strongbow. I can remember, you know, sitting down and eating lunch with, you know, Jim Myers. And there was always a level of respect for everybody in the back. Bro, even if you had beefs with people, even if there were some people you didn't like, there was always that respect but like I said, man, come 2007, 2008, I saw that that respect was no more.
1: It started even before then. And the problem was you had people who had no business training people opening up wrestling camps all over the place. And so no one was being broken the business right anymore. And so you had so many guys walking around thinking of the greatest things in sliced bread and had
2: nothing more to learn. Well Vince let me ask you this question then, then isn't it management I mean shouldn't they be cracking the whip on some of these guys for not being it's, I mean cuz if they if they're, if they're well, employees understand. they should be showing a little bit more professionalism I mean is there any level of hey guys FYI you know we're all a company here XYZ or is that am I living in a fairy tale world
1: It don't it don't work like that Yeah i going to say it's...
0: Bro I'm going to tell you I I got pushed to the point because so, so like I could understand it. I got pushed to the point where like, you know, when, when, you know, bro, I, I left in, in 2012. So that was seven years ago. I was 52. I got to the point like, bro, you're 22. I'm 52. I'm not going to stand here and argue with you. Go do whatever the F you want to do, bro. Go. You're never going to get over. You're never going to make money. Go do what you want to do. I was not going to stand there and argue with kids who never did anything in the wrestling business. And bro, I'm sure there's a lot of that today. When I came up in the business, there were people that took me under their wing. Vince McMahon had me do every single thing before I got to writing TV. Jack Lanza was my mentor. There were people that taught me and I sat on there every word. And here today you have guys that want to pass along that same knowledge, but they seem like they don't want it. I You're, want it. Well, Jerry, you
1: don't. <laughs> but the, problem, the problem is, Jerry, you don't need it. That's yes, the I problem. do. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm always learning. That's why I'm always picking other guys' minds like Dean and Arn and Billy Gunn. I'm always listening to everybody I can I, you, to me, you never stop learning.
0: yep, I agree, man. I agree with that.
2: You're a very passionate man, and uh, you you've carved out created a legacy for yourself as far as wrestling. I mean you know, let me ask you this a phone call rings, the phone rings right it's Vin, it's hold on, hold on, Vince McMahon. Hold on.
0: Go ahead, Vince Russo, you.
2: I want to induct you into the Hall of Fame. No. How does that conversation go? Uh, thank you,
0: Vince. I appreciate that very much, but I'm not interested. Thanks. Okay. That's a
2: farce. That's a
0: farce, bro. That That's a farce. You're, 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 you're in the WWE Hall of Fame if Vince McMahon likes you. Well,
2: <laughs> Come on, it's it's, it's it's just an invite party. Let, let's be honest with that. That's it. it. It's it's a it's right. a joke,
0: bro. When when I look at some people not in the Hall of Fame, and I know it's because at one point in their career they had heat with somebody, bro. Ivan Koloff, <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, yeah. bro. Yeah, I heard like that. you you you're King Kong Bundy, bro. You you're, you're yeah. gonna stand there and give me reason, bro. How how is Steve Lombardi not in the Hall of Fame? Are are we really basing the Hall of Fame on a one and loss record? Yeah.
1: But like Drew come Carey on, is, bro. Right? Drew Carey's in there, isn't
0: he? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. It's you know, but but here's what I do say, bro. This is what I do say. In my opinion, bro, anybody that ever laced up a pair of boots and got in that wrestling ring should be in the hall of fame. Because, like I said, bro, every match could have been their last match and they, made, they, 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 they dedicated themselves to that craft. If you're not going to do that, then don't put anybody in. To me, it's either all or nothing.
2: Agreed.
1: I'm getting a wrap-up.
2: Well, now. I tell you what, Vince, we, we, we've taken up a lot <laughs> of welcome. time. We appreciate it immensely, and uh, hopefully we can twist your arm to come back again and, and chit-chat with us because it's, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Wait a minute! Hold on! Hold <laughs> on! Did okay, Jerry? I'm... Did Jerry? Did, did I hear there that correct? Go. Did Jerry's <laughs> wife just end this show? <laughs> Holy! <laughs> God, no, not every week, Tortia, bro. No, listen. Holy shit! That's never happened. I've done ten million podcasts. I've never had a wife and show.
1: Well. I'm in the bedroom and she's got to get to bed because she's got to get up early. She's been working from home and she still oh. has to get up early. So, because I moved Annabelle up into my podcast room, I so mean, sorry, what,
2: everything's wait, a mess right now.
0: Wait, hold on for a second. Wait, you're know. laying on your hold bed. Off. He's yeah, exactly. la- he's laying on the bed and he's kids.
2: on his iPhone. Vince, go go get him, buddy.
0: I- I'm I'm just wait, what, going what happened to the, the shit, the she <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume because listen, everybody knows. I, bro, I have been praising Jerry Lynn from the first day I met him. Really? You, you know that, bro. I, I, put Jerry Lynn. I make myself sick with how much <laughs> I put Jerry Lynn. Away. Okay. <laughs> I'm, so, yeah. Okay. So now, Great.
1: now I make you nauseous. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, now I've got to give Jerry the benefit of the doubt because the lovely Pam. Just ended this show. So I'm going to assume, because I love Jerry so much, that Pam is ending this show. Because I saw Jerry lying in bed on his back. (laughs) I'm assuming Pam is ending this show so she could have her way with Mr. Lynn. That's nope. right, baby. Nope, because she said before, she
3: well, he walked in the bedroom and she was naked. She goes, get out, I'm naked.
0: Said, yep. <laughs> she did. All right, well, there goes that theory. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I tried, man. I tried. You, you listen to
2: this show long all enough, right. you, you'll you never hear it all. But on a serious note, Vince, thank you again. I really appreciate that. You and I got a chance to, to chat back and forth, and you came on today and, and cut out some time. Tell a little bit about people, where they can find you, everything about that's going on with you.
0: Yeah, guys, real simple. I mean, I got so many guys on, you know, the brand. I mean, from Stevie Ray of Harlem Heat, Stevie Richards, you know, Shane Douglas, you know, Big Vito, uh, Disco Inferno. I mean, Taylor Hendricks. There's so many people on the brand. Uh, we do a uh, Russo's Brand dot com. You get some podcasts. There's a whole other menu on Patreon dot com forward slash. Russo T W C. That's where the majority of the podcast are, guys check them out. I'm glad you had me on the show, man. I love you guys. I love what you do any, any time, man. I'd, I'd love to come back.
2: Yeah, you, we appreciate it. too. And thank by you. the way, real quick, I have tremendous respect for your wife. Um, I'm been a preschool teacher. I'm getting my, uh, master's degree in teaching physics for high school. My wife is a first grade teacher as well. So to a fellow comrade in the education field, my heart yeah. goes out to her because yes. I tell you what, those are the true heroes in life and uh, they have a big impact on people as far as being able to put them in the right direction and uh, just nothing but respect for teachers. So just wanted to shout out and please let her know. I will. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. All right. We'll talk to you later, Vince. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. All right. That is Vince Russo, man. That was awesome. He we talked about a lot of different things. A lot of different things. He is a very polarizing character, and I can't even believe Jerry Lynn's webcam is showing me nipples again. Jerry, I, I don't... Oh, there's Mike. Oh, oh here's Mikey. Mikey. Here's poor Mikey. Poor Mi- so Mikey. This is your buddy. This is your buddy right here. No. No, those aren't there's gone. no fucking
3: here. The cookies are still... in can't leave the house. There's no fucking
1: shit in here. Look,
2: look. Oh, look, look. my look, look, look. God. Wow. Wow.
1: So, how much is it a box? I
2: was going to (laughs) say... What the
1: hell is going on? Oh, my
2: God. So, is there a discount on the boxes? Are we still talking retail value for them? Or what are we talking here? Chinese virus have lowered the price of the cookies. Inflation.
3: May 1st, come and get them. $1.50 a box.
2: He's got the hand gestures, too. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, We didn't get a chance to talk about this a whole lot after the last episode, but that lobster story, I've literally been telling people that. Red lobster! It's banned. It's, it's, It's banned. I got it banned. That. Was sensational. I could have never in my wildest dreams but once again, you never know what people are interested in. I mean red lobster. I was, ta-
3: was talking I was talking to Jerry before and he goes, put me on speaker. I said, Okay. <laughs> and he goes, Red lobster <laughs> And Angel just she she just shakes her
2: head and goes, Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> That in in, in China. Uh, that that's China. gold. They're made in China. Jaina. Jaina. <laughs> wow. All right, got to
1: keep going.
3: You two can see me. I'm not seeing you. You can't see me. I'm not lying. It's true. Here it is. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Uh, well. Why the fuck don't you do this in the
1: she shit?
2: This is true. Because
1: it's cold out
2: there. Oh, well, you can't throw on a sweatshirt or something, or you can't just. That's your own little area back yeah. there.
1: There's no light back there. It's way in the back of the yard. There's no electric to it.
2: Well, he's etching glass with his nipples. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Front Row Material. If you would do us a huge favor. Cruise on over to ProWrestlingTees.com if you'd like to go ahead and get a shirt. And also, leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you're enjoying the show. Also, follow Vince Russo, the Russo brand. Or put
3: the glasses on. And
2: uh, Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, this is what we've come to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. We just got a, a live doctor now. Oh, shit. It's late. All right, guys. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed you. I've enjoyed your company. And we will catch you next week on Front Row Material.